0: Hey there, welcome to the Universe Pondering Itself podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Radiance. If you're looking for a way to manifest goodness, money, your greatest dreams, you have come to the right place. I'm so stoked you're here. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. I wanna take a moment to talk about RAIN. This is an acronym developed by Tara Brock, who is a world renowned meditation teacher. RAIN stands for recognizing, allowing, investigating, and nurturing. So let's break it down. Let's imagine that you struggle with a lot of self-imposed limitations and anxiety. You may feel a sense of unworthiness or aimlessness, perhaps even feeling like a lost soul. How can we address this using the RAIN framework? First, by recognizing our state of unhappiness leads us into being able to openly allow it and accept it. From here, we can investigate. We can ask ourselves, where do I feel this disturbance in my body? And stay curious. You could continue asking, Who is experiencing this inner pain and anxiety? And by staying curious, being willing to explore our emotions, we can begin to nurture ourselves. We can do this by saying something along the lines of, Hey, I know this is really hard right now, but it's not always going to be like this. By showing up in this way for our inner child, it is essentially our highest self taking our inner child and embracing them giving them the love and acceptance and appreciation and self-worth that they need. If we are the ones to provide this level of nurturing love and care for ourselves, so be it. There is nothing wrong with self-compassion. Through the practice of RAIN, we can begin to open ourselves up to this inner expanse that is a very nurturing energy that can take us and hold us and tell us that it's going to be okay even in the midst of dark, despair, and anxiety-prone days. And after the rain, after we've had a chance to follow this framework, we can sit in this vast expanse of ourselves where we might even enter no thought land and see that we are one subset of a pool of consciousness that we are all a part of, that is the collective. We are able to see things from that higher perspective. So now we can step away from the self-limiting beliefs and societal conditioning that does not serve us. Through recognizing and then allowing, then investigating and nurturing ourselves, where we are willing to sit in the process of after the rain, where we can lean into that feeling and experience a profound sense of not only relief, but a perspective shift that we so desperately needed to be able to dig ourselves out of the trenches of these false beliefs and into something that is magical and uplifting and inspiring. I hope this was helpful for you. Thanks for listening. I want to take a moment to talk about explaining what happens when we're overwhelmed by emotion and to do this i want to share an excerpt from the book radical compassion by tara brock let's talk about an invention by dan siegel a brain scientist and psychiatrist which is a model of the brain that makes this very complex organ and our reaction to stress easier to understand so this invention is called the brain in the palm of your hand Go ahead and try this at home. Hold up your hand and make a fist with your thumb against your palm and your four other fingers folded tightly down over it. This is your brain. Your face is in front of the knuckles and the back of your hand is the back of your head. Now, open your fingers again for a moment. Your wrist represents your spinal cord. Your lower palm is your brain stem and your curled-in thumb is the limbic area of your brain. The brainstem is responsible for basic bodily functions like breathing and heart rate. Our levels of arousal and survival reactions like the fight-flight-freeze response, the limbic area deep within the brain is our emotional center and works closely with the brainstem to drive our actions and responses. As Siegel explains, the limbic area focuses on the crucial question, is this good or is this bad? It's also where our memories are formed and stored. Most of this activity goes on outside our awareness. If you fold your fingers over your thumb again, you're bringing the top layer of the brain, the cortex, online. This is the most recently evolved part of the brain which allows us to orient ourselves in space and time. Think, reason, plan, and imagine. The prefrontal cortex, the area right behind your forehead extends from your first knuckles down to your fingertips. Press your fingertips into your palm and notice that they link together all the parts of your brain. This is the area that sends and receives the messages that guide our lives. The middle prefrontal area is the witness. It has the capacity for mindfulness, empathy, and compassion. It underlies our ability to navigate complex relationships. And it is the domain that can calm down or downregulate the survival reactions of the primitive brain. When we feel stuck, when we feel lost, when we don't feel centered, we are engaging with the primitive brain. Fortunately, as humans, we've evolved to have new brain tendencies, so this model of making a closed fist can be a point of anchor for you, a resource for you to turn to when things feel challenging. And also, placing all four fingers together and the thumb over the palm is also a mudra, which is a meditation device that signifies no fear. So maybe you're about to walk into an important board meeting at work, or maybe you're about to share the news that you're pregnant with your family, or maybe you're about to run a 5K at the crack of dawn. Whatever it is, you can use this anchor point as a way to stay calm and centered Even in the midst of a situation that could potentially have you all up in arms, make you feel anxious, make you feel as if you have a reason to worry, when in fact you don't. And you recognize that by listening to this podcast and showing up to do this shadow work, you can see that sources of fear and anxiety, feeling uncomfortable in your own skin, these are simply survival reactions of your primitive brain and you can always step out of that at any point point. and you can do that by using the deep, profound source of love that's contained within you soothe those worries and anxieties and calm down your nervous system and perhaps imagine a loving caregiver or friend sitting by your side holding your hand or perhaps rubbing you on your back. I want you to just close your eyes for a moment and I want you to imagine that source of comfort deep within you. Where do you feel it in your body? Did you feel any tightness before? This self-inquiry is ultimately what's going to free you from the moors of anxiety and depression. Go ahead and ask your body where it feels tension right now. And if the tension has loosened, then that's wonderful. And you can continue to use this as something to turn back to when things are challenging. I like to think of my Nana who passed on when I was in the third grade, sitting by my side, smiling as I turn to look at her. She's looking at me. There's a glimmer in her eyes, which is reflected back in mine, and that's a very deep source of comfort for me. Maybe it's looking at a picture of your toddler huddled up with the family dog, and maybe they're a teenager now. So you have this picture that you can look at anytime you need a source of. Invite you to consider what I'm sharing with you and sit with it and contemplate how it makes you feel because it could very well be key to helping you achieve your greatest potential. These practices are what train us to be resilient and when we are resilient then communication is flowing between all parts of our brain. This is what Dr. Siegel calls the state of integration. Here's another excerpt from Tara Brock's book. Say someone cuts you off while you're driving your child to school. Your limbic system and brainstem react so fast, you step on the brakes before you're fully aware of what's happening. Then you feel the surge of fear and anger flooding your entire body. But now the prefrontal cortex sends a calming message. That was close, but we're out of danger. Gradually, you begin to settle back into your skin. But if you have been overstressed or traumatized, the prefrontal cortex may not be able to downregulate the limbic response, and fear and anger may take over. You might shout expletives and frighten your child, or worse, try to catch up with the car and pass it or give the driver the finger. When we are hijacked by our survival brain, we can easily harm ourselves and others. You can see how this works by consulting your hand model of the brain. The message is danger, trouble surge up through your brainstem into your limbic system. And because you're a prefrontal cortex, the four fingers wrapped around your thumb is already overstressed, it disengages, and your fingers just pop up. You literally flip your lid. Your arousal stays sky high, and you lose access to good judgment, empathy, and moral reasoning, and other strengths we count on to guide us in living wisely. When we are cut off from our natural capacity for mindfulness and self-compassion, we need a way of soothing our system so we can reconnect. We need a way to integrate and build resilience. This is, once again, when calling on the nurture step of RAIN, which is again, recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture is a crucial path to healing. I hope you found this helpful. So what can we do when things are really hard, when things are really challenging, when it's the dead of winter and we maybe suffer from seasonal affective disorder? Well, in those rare moments of sunshine, step out on the deck, step away from the smartphone or the laptop or screen time and really bask and bathe in those rays of light mm, and just take a moment for a sacred pause and relish the fact that you are alive and you have All of these beautiful functionalities within the brain to change the course of your destiny at any time suddenly you don't feel so sad or hopeless or depressed suddenly you have a newfound sense of courage or confidence when we can express gratitude for the little things for the simple pleasures in life that opens up the channels for us to continue to cultivate more goodness in our life tell you what the most successful people in the world are so grateful for just the little things they don't take those little things for granted and therein lies the trick to being happy in life is to not discredit or discount or deny the little things you have a roof over your head you have access to clean drinking water you have rays of sunshine on your face Yes, it could be the dead of winter. Yes, you could be feeling sad. Yes, you may have lost someone close to you recently. But there's always something that can bring a smile to your face, whether that's rare golden rays of sunshine for a few brief moments before another pounding rainstorm or snowstorm, or just taking a walk outside and listening to the sounds of birds in a healthy bio region or perhaps putting on your favorite music and letting the sounds wash over you calming down your nervous system and sparking your soul there's always a way out of the despair so Right now, I want to talk about discovering your deepest longing. And this is an excerpt from a book I'm currently reading by Tara Brock, who is an internationally recognized meditation teacher. And she wrote this book called Radical Compassion. And this is very pertinent to everything we've been talking about in this podcast episode. So I want to start off by talking about this. Quote by D.H. Lawrence, Men are only free when they are doing what the deepest self likes and there is getting down to the deepest self. It takes some diving. In other words, you have to be willing to dive deep into yourself to discover your deepest longing. So let's talk a little bit more about this. For his 60th birthday, Max came with his partner Paul to a day long workshop titled Radical Acceptance paul had insisted six decades is enough he'd said you're charging to the finish line and not taking in the scenery max the owner of an investment consulting firm agreed i suffer from fomo he confessed when the three of us spoke during a break seeing my raised eyebrows he added fear of missing out I'll hear about something, a new workout, the next generation iPhone, a high school reunion, an amazing life-changing workshop. He paused dramatically to smile at me. And be afraid I'll miss the boat by not being part of it. Then he paused again and looked at me with a more serious expression. The truth is, I'm anxious and never content. Paul nailed it last weekend when he asked me, What is enough? I've got so much going on for me. Great career, good reputation, health, loving partner, but it never seems enough. Then he added, my real FOMO is that life's passing by and I'm missing out on what really matters. Fear of missing out. Max and Paul had introduced me to the shorthand for how so many of us live haunted by the sense that there's never enough time and that we'll die without living fully. Whether we're chasing after the next sensational experience another person's love, or a drink to soften our fears, in these moments we are missing out on presence. We have left the only place, here and now, where we can realize the truth of who we are, connect caringly with others, and listen to the wind and the trees. The Zen poet Ryokin wrote, if you want to find the meaning, stop chasing after so many things. Chronic wanting keeps us from ever really arriving in the moment and seeing it as it is. When we're always on our way somewhere else, we are not living the life that is here. Rain helps to free us from the wanting that constricts our life. In this chapter, you'll see how investigating can reveal the unmet needs that drive unhealthy habits of wanting, and how nurturing connects us with inner wholeness and fulfillment. But first, let's look at the universal conditioning that helps, that keeps us feeling that something is missing, that this moment is not enough. Our word, desire, comes from the Latin verb for missing or longing, desiderare, which means being away from the stars. Desiderare, Desiderer. Consider this. Every part of this universe is made of star stuff. Our star is the source of our aliveness. Its luminosity reflects awareness itself. All forms arise from that source and suffer when they feel separated from it. With this comes a yearning for connectedness and feeling fully alive. The default focus of desire is pleasure because pleasure is a primal biological signal for that which serves this full aliveness, safety, food, sex, self-worth, connection with others, spiritual realization. Desire then is the energy of our star calling us home. While seeking pleasure can be entirely wholesome, the energy of desire becomes problematic and hard to navigate whenever our basic needs are not met. Then desire intensifies and our attention narrows and fixates on more attainable or tangible substitutes. If we feel unsafe, we may seek power or money. If we feel unloved, we may constantly seek approval or pile up accomplishments in the hope of winning affection. And if our needs have been radically unmet, our fixations can take over. Desire turns into craving and addictive behavior. Substitutes provide a temporary fix that keeps us hooked, but they never truly deliver. Our accomplishments never allow us to feel truly worthwhile. Our money, our possessions, these do not bring real security. Our hundreds of friends on social media will never convince us we are lovable. So we keep feeling that something is missing, reaching for substitutes and distancing ourselves from our star, the source of our longing now i invite you to consider this reflection if only mind when we pursue substitutes we're in a limbic trance the benefits and unmet needs driving us are largely below the line outside conscious awareness investigating reveals a chronic feeling of dissatisfaction that keeps us leaning forward and a belief that if only things would change life would be better Is there something on the horizon that if it happens, you're convinced will make everything different? That you'll be fulfilled or content if only you can find the right partner or have a child or lose weight or get the right job or if your teen gets accepted at the right college now investigate the effect of if only mind how does it shape your thoughts and your mood your decisions as you navigate life your capacity to enjoy your life now are you waiting for your life to happen Try noticing how if-only shows up in smaller ways throughout your day. If only I could stay in bed a little longer. The kids would get dressed faster. There was less traffic. I could get another cup of coffee. Get this project out of the way. Get the latest upgrade for my mobile device. Get my files in order. Have that glass of wine. Have someone else clean up the kitchen. Sleep through the night. When do you get what you've been wanting? How long do you stay satisfied? Now, pause your reading and check this moment for hints of, if only. Is there a sense that you are on your way to something else? A background feeling of dissatisfaction? Is something missing right now? Because substitutes never satisfy for long. The waves of fixated desire can take over our lives. We are tossed around on the surface of the sea and unable to access the depths, the pure longing of our deepest self. As D.H. Lawrence says, this takes some diving. So, Max's takeaway from our workshop was a relationship with his future self. During a guided meditation, he saw an older version of himself on a small sailboat carried by the winds around a pristine lake. He wasn't chasing anything or proving anything. The message from his future self was this. You can be content right where you are. This vision inspired Max, but it seemed worlds away from his real life. When he came to a retreat four months later, we decided to bring Rain to what he now called My Endless Pursuit. During his sittings, he'd been obsessing on a major new investment which kept him from coming into presence. I suggested he recognize and allow the obsessing and then make the U-turn. If you shift your attention from your thoughts about the project to the feelings in your body, what do you notice? He named excitement, grasping, and fear. Further investigation revealed an area of heat, pressure, and agitation in his chest. I asked what that place was believing, and he said that if I don't do something, I'll miss out. I'll lose my chance. What will you lose? I asked. Max shook his head. I don't know. Maybe money? A chance to do good? An impressive addition to my resume? Is it true, Max? Will you lose something important? Again, he shook his head. No, but that's how it feels. And that's how it always feels. That if I don't act, I'll lose something. Lose aliveness, life. Now that he had contacted the mix of fear and wanting as a felt experience in his body, I suggested that Max again bring to mind his future self as a source of wise nurturing. How might your future self guide you? He nodded. And after a few minutes said i'm on that sailboat with him but this time it's different he's actively engaging the wind however it's blowing he's present alive having a blast max was smiling i asked is there something he wants you to know totally it's like he just put a hand on my shoulder and said life is enough at this moment you don't have to chase things this is it then he opened his eyes and laughed It's right now, Tara, riding these winds, sitting here, breathing, exploring this stuff with you, feeling warmth in my chest. This is it. Especially if we've been chasing after something outside ourselves. When we contact what's happening right now, we might find, as Max did, the agitation or tension or fear that's part of desire. Often there's a nagging sense of something missing. But what happens if instead of pursuing what we think we want, we stay there? What happens if we encourage ourselves, as with a kind hand on our shoulder, to trust that this is it? Gradually, we will discover the fullness and aliveness of our own presence. With this comes the blessing of feeling enough, that what we really long for is already here. We can feel the spirit of this in a famous poem by the Zen master Ryokan: The thief left it behind the moon at the window. It's important to remember that while coming into presence frees us inwardly, it doesn't necessarily mean radical outward change. Max's daily activity activities stayed pretty much the same. Laid back wasn't really his style. He continued competing for high profile contracts and the esteem of professional colleagues. But as he put it, I'm not so restless and driven. There are more times when I'm really here. And when I do start anxiously chasing after a better wind, the old sailor puts a hand on my shoulder and whispers, this is it. If you liked what you heard, head on over to Apple Podcasts, search Universe Pondering Itself. When it shows up in your search results, click on it, and please leave a review and rating and after you've done that take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com and as a thank you we'll give you free access to a 60-minute masterclass let go of the scarcity mindset to help you effortlessly manifest success while quickly filling your bank account again please leave a review and rating for universe pondering itself over on apple podcasts and after you've done that Take a screenshot of your rating and review and send it over to support at universeponderingllc.com and as a thank you we'll go ahead and give you access to our 60-minute masterclass absolutely free thanks for your support Before you go, are you looking for more high level support and curious to see if I can help you reach new heights with your personal and professional life in an intimate setting? I'm seeking three motivated individuals who want to scale to 10K months with their business. Whether you sell products or services, we'll powerfully collaborate and combine forces as I help you automate as many of your processes as possible so you can spend more time doing what you love and manifest money in your sleep. I will provide you with mindset coaching that I've acquired through my compassionate art studies at Harvard, share insider business strategies, and help you blossom into an amazing entrepreneur who makes $10,000 a month or more. The universe is constantly expanding, so why limit ourselves? I'm well-versed in all aspects of starting a successful online business. Everything from running a Facebook group, course, and digital product creation to building a nourishing email sequence that will ensure you make sales. I'll use my Ivy League scholarly prowess to provide you with a comprehensive and extraordinary deep dive into yourself as you unearth your unique superpowers and construct business that does not burn you out, but rather fires you up. Imagine waking up every morning so ready to take on the day as you implement the proving strategies and techniques I share with you. As a cognitive scientist and organic marketer, I can help you quickly scale your business to 10k or more every month in any industry. I will show you how to quickly grow your email list and following on social media to thousands of loyal, devoted subscribers without spending a penny on ads. If this sounds interesting to you, I invite you to message me, Lauren Radiance, directly by going to bit.ly forward slash message LR on FB and send me the words case study. That's bit.ly forward slash M-E-S-S-A-G-E-L-R-O-N-F-B. This will pull up my Facebook Messenger, so make sure you're already logged into your Facebook account. Send me the words case study, and I will reply with details in 24 hours.